So everybody has an opinion on Carmelo Anthony. Everybody seems to think they're inside his head, knows where he's at in his career and what he's thinking about in terms of how he can contribute to a team at this stage in his career. They seem to think they know it better than Carmelo, that somehow he lacks self-awareness. And then on the flip side, David Griffin does what we always want people to do. He made a statement, he put his name on it, and now he's the worst person in sports. I thought Melo signing the five-year extension back before the 2014-2015 season, I really thought that was a big turning point in his career. Even though he was coming off a season that saw him average 27, 8, and 3, shot 45% from the field, 40 from 3, he had a career-high 62 points. I thought he was in his athletic decline, which would impact his ability as a scorer and make him an even bigger liability on defense because I thought his legs were shot. And he had a big decision to make. It's no secret that Melo did consider joining the Chicago Bulls with Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah. But he ended up re-signing with the Knicks for $124 million. So he goes into the next season. And you can see there was a lack of quickness. There was a lack of explosion. He was having problems with his knee. He was having knee soreness. And remember, before the All-Star game of that year, the question was, was Melo going to play or not play? I think the Knicks wanted him to get the surgery. He elected to get the surgery after the All-Star game because, remember, the All-Star game was held in New York and he wanted to be there for the Knicks fans. Now, whether you agree or disagree with his decision, that's the way he went with it. But still, still, when I look at it, I, I, like I told my friend, I told H, I told Pac, you, you could see there was something different about him. His, his, his quickness, his athleticism that he once had, and, and I'm not saying his game is predicated on athleticism, but he did have a degree of athleticism. When I watched Nick's games, guys were still defending him as if he still had the ability to blow by them and to get to the rim. So he was able to just walk into uncontested threes. But that following season and the seasons after that, guys pressed up on him. I think they watched film. I think they realized he had lost so much athleticism. Taking people off the dribble or blowing by them, that was no longer an option. And so when they pressed up on him, he often ended up taking tough contested shots. It made him a less efficient scorer. It took his field goal percentage down, and it made him have to work that much harder to get buckets. He looked older. He looked slower. And when you're a scorer and your legs go, it impacts your ability to get to the foul line. And for most of his career, Melo got to the foul line eight times per game. His last season with the Knicks, it dropped down to under five times a game. And of course, the last two seasons with the Thunder and Rockets, he was used as just a spot-up shooter, and his ability to get to the free-throw line fell to two attempts per game. I say that to point out he's no longer an all-star. Everybody knows that. He's not an all-star caliber player. 
But that's not the same as saying he can't play, that he can't contribute to a team, that he's not good enough to still be impactful in a limited role. Of course he is. Of course he has that ability. If you ask me what teams could use him, right off the bat, the Warriors could use that firepower. They could use a guy to give 12 to 15 a night. The Lakers could use that. Portland had a great season last year, made it to the conference final. But if you saw that conference finals, as I've said before, that was more of an anomaly. They won't get there again. And the weaknesses they've had the last six years, they still have. They've yet to find a third scorer. Melo can't get you 20 a night anymore. But could he be that guy in the second unit, along with Rodney Hood, to give you instant offense? Of course he could. Carmelo Anthony is far from done. But the way people talk about him, the way fans have turned on him, and it's kind of shocking. Like I said, I pointed it out. The year that he went into free agency, I thought him and the Knicks should part ways. That was my gut feeling. Him coming back to me, he showed loyalty. Whether he went to the Bulls or he showed loyalty by coming back. Now, you can spin that narrative today and it's, well, Melo came back to get the money. We're in, we're in times now where fans, where media, maybe even GMs say that all players want to do and bounce and team up, go to stack squads. And this guy comes back to a squad that's a lottery team and he signs up for five more years of that. Trusting in the organization, trusting in Phil Jackson that he will build a competent team around him. And what happened, in reality, what happened, look, his health, his body caught up with him. Melo slowly declined as an all-star caliber player. But because his game wasn't predicated solely on athleticism, he's still the type of guy that can be effective on the right team in the right system. I'm sure by now many of you saw the Melo Stephen A. Smith interview. And I thought the interview just had an odd tone. On the one hand, it seemed like Stephen A. was trying to show Melo love. But then on the other hand, he kept asking him questions almost like he was a prosecutor and and he was on trial. And he was implying that Melo was either lazy, not committed to the game of basketball, or all he wanted was money. At one point, Stephen A. just asked him outright, do you really want to play basketball? I'm thinking, unless the man has announced his retirement, why even ask him a question like that? That was one of those stupid questions that the media felt Colin Kaepernick had to answer to prove he wanted to play football. Anyway, Mello responds saying he took a step back to reevaluate himself and his career. But he also added, I'm in the gym every day, training, working. But the thing that made me really want to salute Mello was him keeping it 100 about what happened with the Rockets and how it devastated him. He went on to add, I know I can play. My peers know I can play. Am I willing to accept a certain role for a basketball team? Yes. Point blank. And it should have been that simple. And it really wasn't. Stephen A. said there are some who say you refuse to take a lesser role. This went on, this back and forth went on for a few minutes. And the interview just took an odd turn. And I'm thinking, it's weird. I wonder how some of the greats of the past 
would have endured, would have would have handled social media had people been able to attack them just because. People forget that Akeem Olajuwon finished his career on the Raptors, averaging single digits in points and rebounds. Same for Patrick Ewing on the Orlando Magic. Charles Barkley wasn't a great player when he retired from the Rockets. Scottie Pippen went back to the Bulls to retire, averaged six points a game. Robert Parrish, Hall of Fame center, his last time anybody saw him, he averaged three points a game. What about Steve Nash? Two-time MVP. But that version of him that the Lakers fans saw, that was sad. But they didn't get attacked or destroyed the way Melo has. And everybody I just named outside of Robert Parrish and Pippen, and Elijah one, of course, everybody else didn't win titles. Stockton and Malone didn't win titles. Sean Kemp never won a title. Talented player. What about T-Mac? What about Vince? The media shapes narratives, and they're more powerful than people want to believe. So when you say Melo doesn't play defense, let me, let me take from a rant that a good friend said. What about Tyler Johnson, who used to play for the Heat, got a $50 million contract? He never did anything to earn that. He doesn't guard anybody. Who does Jared Dudley or Patrick Patterson or Tim Hardaway Jr. or Stanley Johnson or Thon Maker guard? Just to name a few. James Ennis can't hit water if he fell out of a boat. So because he can't shoot, by default, they call him a defensive specialist, even though he stops no one. Andrew Wiggins Still a young man, only 24, is in the sixth season of his career. Last season, 18 points a game, but he only shot 40% from the field, 33% from the, from the three-point line. He's athletic, long, and he guards nobody. I see a lot of these comments. I hear a lot of them, and they're emotional versus practical. You hear people saying he's trying to get paid. Melo's made over $300 million. He's not trying to get paid. He wants to play. He'll sign for the veterans minimum. He clearly said that. But then you hear he doesn't value winning. How do you know what he values? Barkley, Ewing, Malone, Stockton, Dantley, English, Miller, Hill, Carter, McGrady. They never won anything. Does that mean they didn't value winning? Draymond Green agreeing to a four-year, $100 million extension keeps three of the Warriors' core four in place. And with the addition of D'Angelo Russell, the Dubs are going forward with a revamped core four. D'Lo gives the Warriors another player that can score, create off the bounce, and make plays for others. The only question going forward is how long it will take for them to generate chemistry amongst that core four. Then you factor in the additions of Willie Cauley-Stein, Alec Burke, along with returning role players like Kevin Looney and Alfonso McKinney, and you start to look at the roster and realize that Golden State is far from done. That said, don't forget, Klay Thompson will be out most of the season, but expect Curry, Green, D'Lo, and company to position the team to make the playoffs. You get a healthy Klay back at the end of the season, and what you've got is a team that nobody wants to see in the first round of the playoffs. I'm not saying the Warriors are going to go on another title run where they win multiple titles. But I will say this. I disagree with anyone who thinks 
they're not going to be in contention and have the ability to maybe win at least one more. If you're a Dubs fan, yeah, you lost KD, and there's been some change. Iggy's gone. But the future's bright, and you've got a front office that's committed to keeping this core four and extending their run. Thanks for all your responses to our fantasy NBA one-on-one bracket one. I'm dropping bracket two on Tuesday and bracket three on Friday on third rail. Thanks for the support. It's the Cypher next time.